At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% off your jig order. Welcome to the Pat on Fan Podcast, the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, where we try to improve our skills as an angler by learning new techniques or improving the ones we already know. I'm your host, Ryan Milton. I'm Ryan Milford, as always, and today we got a very special guest, Mr. Doug Markle. Doug has worked at the TWRA for several years. He's had TV shows. He's had radio shows. He's wrote books. Very big into the Tennessee wildlife uh, industry with fishing and hunting and all that. And so it's a real pleasure to have him on here. Uh, Doug, how you doing today? Thanks, Ryan. I'm doing good. I've been fishing this very day. I didn't do a great fishing day, but I was on the water and doing really well. I hadn't been out in a few weeks, so it felt good, and, and it's uh, uh, very honored to be on your show. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on. It's, it's an honor to have you. you you're, you're kind of kind of a celebrity in here in the here in Tennessee in the uh, hunting and fishing industry you know a lot of people know you a lot of people respect you so uh i'm ho- hoping we can get some some good information out of you some good insight uh would, would you want to just run over real quick you know give a little give people a little more background on you um just some more get to know you a little better sure uh ron i appreciate it i you know i worked for TWA. i retired a year ago from the agency and um, but I worked there for 31 years and worked with a lot of great folks that care a whole lot about the outdoors. And uh, I was lucky. I worked in the information field. I wasn't a biologist like 
like so many of them are, a wildlife officer. I was an information person and grew up here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, I went to Father Ryan High School and MTSU, and so I'm a Middle Tennessee guy. And got lucky a long time ago and met a wildlife officer in Giles County while I was working for a small newspaper down there and told me about a job at TWRA that was like two miles from where I grew up. So I applied for it and uh, was lucky and got to work there for a, a long time and see some really cool stuff done through the years and and as a part of uh, watching the wildlife folks do all their work and the fishery guys do all their work, I met some folks in the uh, in the media industry, uh, Vernon Sermon, Jimmy Ho, Glenn Smith, and um, some of the folks that worked on TV and radio and got lucky to get invited on their show and just kind of went from there and created some of my own TV and and radio stuff, especially radio, and, and then I wrote a couple of books that were just about the outdoors. One was a history book on the restoration of wildlife in Tennessee, and one was a fishing book where I talked to Vernon Sermon and I talked to really great fishermen around here about how they catch fish and how the, their methods on different lakes across the state. So they we wasn't us telling you how to do it. We talked to some folks that were really, really good at the time, and, and uh, that's that's where I am. That's what I've done through the years and, and retired last year and uh, let somebody else take over younger, and hopefully they come along and do a whole lot better work. <laughs> well, you've definitely accomplished a lot. You've done a lot as far as promoting you know, wildlife, um, all, all, all the wildlife stuff in Tennessee. Um, I, I know, you know, me and some guys we used to work with, when we used to have to work a lot of Saturdays. And so Saturday morning on the way into work, we'd be listening to Outdoors with Doug Markham on 99.7. And, you know, we we could we weren't heading to the lake, but we kind of feel like it by listening to y'all on there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I felt like that was a lot of the audience, Ryan. Where there's, you know, we're a pretty big city now, and there are a lot of folks that were going to work on Saturdays, five o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was the perfect time for an outdoor show, five to seven, and a lot of folks were going to work or at work, and some were going hunting and fishing, and but it, there's just just with a lot of folks that just were doing their job and listening to what they could of the show before they got there or after they got off. Yeah, it was. It was definitely uh, nice having that whenever you weren't actually able to get out there. Uh, it might have hurt, might have hurt your feelings sometimes because there were some great guests on there <laughs> that made me want to go just really just as soon as I could. But there's a, uh, uh, you know, it was it was definitely a a guest driven show. There's just so much talent around uh, around here and people that have so much drive to get out there and fish and hunt and and share their knowledge. That's what I always appreciated is how much people were willing to share their knowledge about the outdoors here in Tennessee. Um, well, so you said your your fishing didn't go too good today, huh? No, I went out on Percy Priest today, and I hadn't been out in a couple months. So uh, the last time I went was, oh gosh, I guess mid-July, and had a good day. Of course, this time of year, I'll go out a little earlier this time of year in the summer. I just want to keep fishing. And I'm not a night guy, so I just I start trolling, and I, I enjoy for about two months of trolling, and had a really good trip. And this is the time of year where I'll go back to casting and hopefully get into some bass or crappie on priest casting. But today, it was tough. There were there's uh, those small there's been a hatch on priest and those small shad are schooling and they're on the surface. At least they were early, and uh, there's a there's fish in them, and you can see the fish below them. 
But I had a tough time getting them to bite today. But I think that, that in the next few weeks, if this weather ever breaks, that the fishermen are going to have a great time. Uh, were, were you fishing for anything specific? I, I know with us uh, being friends on Facebook, you fish for, you know, quite a few different species. But were, were you fishing for anything specific today? I, I, I fish for fish, whatever was in the bait. Uh, you know, bass is what I thought we would probably catch or or hybrids or maybe, you know, stripe or white bass in, in those fish. And so that's I was hoping that they would be active today. I took Mark Goodland, who works for TWRA, I'd promised him a trip when one of his buddies was in town from Wisconsin. Of course, I invited his buddy back because we can do better. Uh, but this is a day we had set aside about a month ago, and and so I was hoping against hope. I was hoping we'd find some of those bait in the, bait in the back of coves or in the creeks, and and maybe the fish would be in them. And they were all around them. I just couldn't get them off the bottom. We were we were jigging, spooning some, and then if they came up, which was kind of rare today, we were throwing spoons or topwater baits and trying to get them that way. And we caught two or three, but nothing like I think it's going to be here in a few weeks when those things will be all over the place. I, I can't wait for that fall bite. Um, I actually, I, I was telling you about this earlier, I went out on Stones River this, this past weekend, and I only went out there for like a couple hours, and I ended up getting uh, 18 and three-quarter inch uh, largemouth, and so I'd say it's probably like just under four pounds, something like that. Uh, I saw that one on your Facebook. I think that's the fish you're talking about. That was a nice well, fish. Well, I, after that, the one you probably saw, I ended up hanging into a, a 5.69 pounder. Oh, sweet. It, the one, that's it, the one that had the buggy eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's my new personal best right there. I'm real proud of that right there. Oh, I would be. That was great. And um, uh, it looked like it was buggy-eyed and, and a great picture of you on your Facebook page with that fish. So uh, I wish we'd done that today. Uh, that would have made our day without a doubt. Well, it, it, it caught me by complete surprise. I, I've told a couple people about it. I, I was throwing a jig around uh, some some wood structure that was cut probably 30, 40 feet off the bank. And I'd done casts around it about two or three times and that last time I went to uh, like I had been working it and I was about to reel it back in to recast it and as soon as I started reeling it slammed it and uh, I set the hook on it and I, I keep my drag pretty tight on my jig rod and I'm sitting there reeling it in and, and my spool ain't moving so I, so I knew then it had, had some weight to it oh, that's, it, that's nice yeah, it was a nice surprise there that's two good fish in a day, though. But that that one is be, that's a super nice fish right now. And so, um, I I just think it's just going to get better and better now. I'm looking at the forecast in the weeks ahead, and this awful stuff that we're going through right now is going to go away. Not that it can be bad. I I know we were thinking about talking about some of the creek fishing tonight. I, I, the, the hotter it got in summertime on the creeks, the better I liked it. And I I don't know where you were exactly when you caught that fish, but it looks like you were back up somewhere. And uh, those fish that get up in these creeks this time of year, and they just really get active. And, and the heat can sometimes work for you and sometimes work against you. Yeah, I, I think I just got lucky. But uh, you know, <laughs> I've, had, I've, I've had a lot of people, you know, try to 
ask me where where I was. I just tell them Stones River. <laughs> I ain't told nobody the exact location. I, <laughs> I don't blame you for that. And I don't know, did uh, part of your battle with up there in Stones River, are you having to fight the leaves yet up there? That that would be the only reason I kind of got off the creeks uh, this time of year during normal years when the when the leaves are falling more was because the leaves on the surface sometimes would mess you up a little bit. Um, but that's the only reason, and just because of the way I fished. It, it kind of affected the way I fished or liked to fish back then when I spent so much time in there. But uh, it's, Stones River is, is uh, if you can get around to all that, it's just a great place to fish, whichever whichever fork you were in. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had to deal with, like, there, there are quite a few leaves on there. It, it wasn't, like, really bad. But there there were some leaves there on the water that uh, you know it kind of hindered the top water. You know, trying trying to work a top water bait on on there, specifically the whopper plopper. That that's my go to top water bait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a little tough. It will be a little tough a little later. Uh, but you know, oh, yeah. it's extended this year. Yeah, well, that, that was a good fish. Now, was that a pitcher fish, or are you gonna have that thing mounted? No, I, I I put it back. Um, so something I try to live by, you know, if any living creature, you know, I I don't like to kill it unless it's to eat or self-defense. And I wasn't gonna eat it, I, I, so I didn't want to kill it. Just you know, put it on the wall, whatnot. Especially these days when you can get replicas right. so easy. And so you know, I just took my pictures with it, put it send it back home, you know, maybe I can go out there and catch it again one day, you never know. Right, I agree with that philosophy completely, and uh, because you can, there's something you can take measurements now, and uh, you know, one little, I don't know how many people have figured out through the years that the, the TWRA offers uh, certificates for trophy fish, and if you do the measurements and all that, and you can take your picture like you did, and get a certificate from them that commemorates the day, and you can actually, through all these different various fish there's probably 20 or 30 of them on there uh you can actually begin a competition with yourself about catching these fish that are in the trophy range and get and get that certificate and commemorate it and uh, a few years ago i went fishing with uh, rick mcfarren who's a really good fisherman and guided for a while and he caught one over on nickajack that was almost 11 pounds and that's what he did instead of putting it on the wall and he, he took good measurements of it and and did the certificate route. That that's really cool. I've heard of other states doing that. I, you know, I never looked into whether or not Tennessee did that. Do you know with with bass? Do you know how big they have to be to uh, I, get I, it? I'd have to I'd have to look at it. I think it's twenty or twenty one inches. You would have got in it with that. They go by inches, okay, uh, not by weight. And so you'd have to look on their site. It's tnwildlife.org. That sounds like my old self, but it's tn. <laughs> It's tnwildlife.org, and and uh, you can find their certificates on there, and a lot of photographs. You can send your photographs in, but a lot of photographs on there are people with their trophy fish, and and um, and it tells you each fish the length it has to be, and and uh, that one you caught, the second one you caught, definitely would be a one you could get a certificate for, and it's signed by the director of the agency. It might be a computer signing, but it's signed. Actually, I think he actually signs them himself. Uh, but it's signed by him and also by the chief of fisheries at TWRA. So it's kind of a cool thing to have uh, through the years. Uh, yeah, you may not remember who the chief was or who the director was, but it, it's got a little historic value to it. 
that, that's really cool. I, I wish I would have got, you know, better pictures of the measurement and stuff now where I could send it in. Uh, oh, well, I, you, if you, yeah, you could do it. You're supposed to have somebody that, that was not necessarily witnessing you, but it was, if I'm remembering right, Ryan, that, that will certify that, yes, you did do this. It's not like a, it's not like a, a world a world record or a state record. Right. We have to have it go made. You know, it's an honor system. And if, if you got the measurements in there and want to send it in, they'll they'll accept it and and send you a certificate. It's called TARP, Tennessee Angler Recognition Program, and uh, I, you ought to do it. I think that'd be cool to commemorate that big fish. Yeah, I might have to look into that. Uh, I did have witnesses, but I have no idea who they are. They were just other people there at the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, anybody. You know, and I, I'm not 100% on that now, whether you have to have somebody sign in for you. It really is an honor system. The agency wants to get you excited about fishing. And if it was uh, if it was challenging that 15-pound fish caught a few years ago, it would be a whole different story. Yeah. They're not going to they're not going to stick make you make you worry about that that much. Yeah, I, I wish I did have something to challenge that steak record fish. <laughs> that thing uh, you yet. You're working beat. your way there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a long ways to go. You know, I uh, thought that record would probably fall within a um, a year or so, but it's it's been like four years now since that thing's been there, and it it may be tough to beat. Uh, I'd say so. I I don't think I know. I don't think I've seen anybody I know, you know, share like show me a picture of a fish coming even close to that. So, I, but I, there's a lot of anglers out there, a lot of people I don't know. So there there might be some some that are pretty close to it. Uh, there could be, you know, that was that was just a unique fish over in a in, in a lake where, where 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 the agency had stocked those those southern bass, and it was a hybrid, you know, that hybrid vigor or whatever they call it, and and uh, he just caught it at the right time, right place, and and I believe it was in February, so I, I wouldn't worry about that. I'd take I'd take a five pound bass all day long like you caught plus. Oh, I, I ain't complaining about it. You know, previously before <laughs> that. My my personal best was a four pounder that I caught out at Williamsport about four years ago. So oh, you know, I, I was overdue for a new personal best, and and I got it. <laughs> Very unexpectedly. Right, yeah, I got a feeling you're going to get some more personal best before it's over. Those Williamsport lakes, by the way, are pretty cool. Uh, I don't know which one you caught it out of, but man, that's a. If you've never been there, your listeners haven't been there. That's a a really good place to go and, and potentially catch a really nice fish. Yeah, I caught mine out of shell cracker. But uh oh, yeah, I, shell I, cracker, I, yeah. Yeah, I used to go there quite a bit. I've only been there a couple times this year. But yeah, it, it is a really cool place. You know, they got what is it like four lakes that you can fish out of, I believe. They do. One one of them is a is a, a youth lake, but if you're an adult and you take a youth, you can fish all day with them. They don't the agency doesn't care, but you've got to have a youth with you. The rest of them, the other three, are wide open to to everybody. Yeah, and I know they they got a twenty inch limit on bass, so they got to be pretty big to keep them. And I, I've seen I've seen ten pounders come out of there. Yeah, so. there's there's some there used to be some really good photographs of those fish you're talking about, and not just bass. They they catch some great big old catfish out of there, and some big bluegill and some nice shellcracker out of there too. And there's one lake that has hybrids in it, or used to, 
and uh, they they catch some pretty big hybrids out of that, which is unique for a small lake like they are. Uh, yeah, I I actually uh, went out with a buddy one time on blue cat. He ended up catching a about a three pound hybrid, and it, so that next- that same day he ended up catching a five pound largemouth, and and he said that the three pound hybrid was a lot more fun than that five pound largemouth oh. when reeling it in. They can pull. Uh, Tom, that I fished there, I fished with Joey Monteliani, and I, I know we were going to talk about bass fishing tonight, and I know the good bass fishing with all these big baits and all that, but probably the most unique trip I ever had there, I was throwing a trout magnet, a little bitty trout magnet, if you know what that is. Not not the one that's crappie, but it's a smaller one. And I was trying to catch crappie. We were filming a show for... Uh, TWRA, and I couldn't keep the bass off of this little bit. I couldn't catch any of them because I had four-pound test. But those things uh, wouldn't leave that little tiny bait that probably was no more than an inch and a half, inch, inch and a half uh, long, uh, and on this little bit tiny jig on that lake. So you just never know. You think these bass are going to hit these great big old baits, and that day they wanted something that was just microscopic almost. And it was a lot of fun. I don't think I got any to the boat, uh, but it was fun trying to get them there. But it's you saying that I've been out there before. It's been a couple times where I go out there and I'm I'm throwing jigs and you know bigger baits and whatnot, and I'm getting skunked. And then you know I see somebody else coming in and be like, "Hey, uh, how, how you do out there?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we're catching all kinds kinds of crappie bass and everything." Well, what are you catching them on? Well, crappie jig. Like, so throwing crappie jig, catching bass, and, and crappie, and all that. So. You just never know what these things are going to hit. And you know, I just had on a really light line. You could have fished that same bait with a little bit of heavy, not a whole lot heavier, but that day I was, it was small. It was just small. And you know how wooded it can be. And I think we were on Shellcracker doing it. You know how the shoreline is on Shellcracker. And of course, this is in Williamsport, which is in Murray County. And um, they, they, these lakes are designed to have a lot of structure on the bank, and it was just hard to get anything in for me. I'm not good enough to get them in a little four pound test, but it <laughs> sure was fun watching those things hit that. Joey was throwing these big old, uh, he's throwing jigs, and he couldn't get a hit on that big bass stuff. And I was sitting there wearing them out on the little black um, trout magnet. That, that, that's so cool. Uh, it, 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 I actually saw a uh, YouTube video of a guy, a pretty pretty big YouTuber that fishes out of a kayak. From He's from North Dakota, but he, he fishes in another state. I always forget which state it is. He fishes in another state a lot. But anyways, he, was, he took and put a hook on a little Lego Chewbacca, like kid's toy, like little Lego <laughs> man Chewbacca, put a hook on it. Heck yeah. He was catching fish on it. He was catching fish on it. And that's hilarious. That's good. Uh, just goes to show you how they're they're not always the smartest animals in the in the world, but uh, whatever works for you, that's great. Well, a good lesson I took from it is it's not so much about what you're throwing all the time; it's more about where you throw it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you throw it in their home, right in there, sometimes they just kind of get mad, I guess, <laughs> or just strike at something real quick because they're sort of the boss i guess when they're when they're in their territory they're the boss yeah there's definitely a uh a kind of alpha male species type 
Oh. Uh, real quick before I forget, I, a buddy at work, I was telling him that I was going to be talking to you tonight, and uh, he asked me to ask you a question. Okay. He, he wants to know if you can pull some strings and uh, get get them to <laughs> mow get them to mow out beside Duck River so he can go out there and bank fish because he can't get get up on the bank right now because it's so weedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you where. I'm not sure I can pull any strings at TWA anymore. But uh, what, where is he talking about? Because there are folks that that uh, that do some work. I mean, is it the Duck River on an area that the agency owns, or where where is it? Uh, I'm not sure exactly where where it is he goes. He uh, he lives kind of out out Bear Creek Pike, going towards mm-hmm. Columbia. So he it's a Boat ramp somewhere out there. I'm not sure which one it is. He likes to go there and park and just kind of walk the bank. In the springtime, he was doing it, and he was, you know, catching some fish. And now I, I think he's scared of snakes. He's going to step on a snake or something. So he's scared to walk through those weeds. <laughs> I don't know where it is or or if I if it's on a property we could go to. or the, Not we anymore, but the agency goes go to. But... Ask him to call Todd St. John, and Todd is over all that fisheries in Middle Tennessee out of the Region 2 office, and Todd's a great guy, also a really good fisherman, and uh, that, that's the best I could probably do for him on that ride, and just contact Todd St. John and see what he can do, and uh, he might get into a good conversation with Todd, because that's the man responsible for, for managing our lakes. He'd be a good interview for you sometime, too. For He, he heads up the management in Middle Tennessee of all our lakes and all our streams. Yeah, Which may not help your friend any, but he might get a good conversation. Yeah, well, well, that was mainly more more of a joke question there. I I, <laughs> I kind of laughed at him when he said that, but but I will relay that information to him that way. If he is serious about trying, it, always worth trying, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I, I was wanting to get into with you a little bit. You know, I I'd ask you about. Uh, about you know Asian carp and and mm-hmm. stuff that TWRA is doing or has done and what they might be doing with uh, with trying to manage Asian carp and you know just uh, conservation in general um, and something you did want but before we get into this something you did want to uh, Make sure everybody knew is you do not represent TWRA. You you used to work there, but you don't represent TWRA. Right. It's, I don't mean that to sound awful, but they have spokespeople uh-huh. there now, and and Doug's getting out of the loop a little bit. But I got to see a lot of the work, Ryan, and I appreciate that. I, I got to see a lot of the work that that the biologists were doing you know, two or three years ago, and, and they've been telling folks about these things for. Gosh, probably 15 years, and and they you know and they've just become a a greater and greater problem. And you know, I would urge folks that want to learn more and want to participate. And there's there's a lot of work even all the way up to the congressional level. There's a lot a lot of work and a whole lot of money yet to be spent on Asian carp. It, it is probably in my 30 years there uh, on the fishing side the single biggest threat to fishing in Tennessee on the on the wildlife side, at least for deer, you got chronic wasting disease over in West Tennessee. That's a you don't want chronic wasting disease, but we got it in Tennessee now, and and they're working on that real hard too. But as far as the Asian carp goes, again, the TNWildlife.org tells you a lot of what's going on. 
um, a guy I worked with um, over up in Kentucky, an executive director. I mean, uh, he's a county executive there. Is doing tremendous work, uh, working with Congress, trying to get more money. He, he and I worked on the dam, uh, the fight over the dam issue a couple years ago, and really a smart, active guy. But he's doing a lot of work trying to get money raised to find different methods and ways of stopping these things. These, are, you know, I don't know. I don't think the agency has found them reproducing in our state yet, but they're coming up these river systems, and uh, you know they eat all the small stuff that our that our fish need, and really has created a big problem in the western part of the state. But they're in Middle Tennessee too. I saw them in the Duck River. Uh, watched the guys do some shocking work there about five years ago, and they're in the Duck. They're in all the systems of the Tennessee River system that comes up in this area, and they are uh, they are a big problem. And you know the the agencies need the help of the sportsmen, to, the support of the sportsmen. Not get mad at them over it because they don't want them here either. So they they need the support of the sportsmen, and even if that means calling your local politician to say this is important and and we need to get it stopped. But there's a major problem, and and the agency is working all the time to try to figure out ways to stop it. They're working with commercial fishermen and trying to get the money raised, uh, trying to get the fish up to a value that commercial sportsmen are willing to go out there and get their hands dirty and, and catch them and take them in. And they're trying to tell people how good they taste, and they are good, so that folks might buy them from commercial fishermen or from the markets that sell them. So there's a tremendous amount of work going on, Ron, but it's, uh, it's a serious problem. Um, I, I wasn't aware that they had, they were in the Duck River now. Uh, are are they also in, you know, where we were talking earlier, the Percy Priest, Stones River area? I don't think they're in uh, Stones River. They're not in Percy Priest. They're, they're a rivering string style of fish. Percy Priest wouldn't have the kind of habitat that's suitable for them. I'm okay. not saying there would never be one in there. The Stones River would be suitable, but they're, I don't know if they're in there. I've never seen them in there, but they're in, they're more likely to be in the Harpeth River or more likely to be in, uh, I know they're in the Duck River because I saw them in Columbia all the way up to the dam, and this was five years ago. So, so. they're, uh, yeah, and there's a map on on that page on the website that shows you where they've been found so far. Wow, so so they could have spread, you know, a lot further than Columbia on the on Duck River by now, if that was five years ago. If they can get past, you know, there's a dam in Columbia, but they could, if they get past that or somehow get in them, yeah, they could be spreading. And, again, I don't want to speak for them in this case because I am out of the loop. But, yeah, they could spread. And the good news, the last I read about them, they weren't finding them reproducing. Uh, but, but you know, still, when they reproduce wherever they are and by the hundreds of thousands and millions, you just got a big battle on your hands. And so, and you, and you know they don't bite a hook. You might get a rare fisherman who catches one every now and then, but they have to be pretty much netted out or, or, you know, you can go out and do bow hunting tournaments, but you'd need to have about a tournament every single night with a whole lot of people in them to affect it in any way. Well, by some of the videos that I've seen online, you can pretty much, you know, run a flat-bottom john boat with a motor on it, and they'll just jump in your boat. <laughs> ah, yeah. You could sink a boat with those things, probably. That, that's true. That's a silver carp. There's the the silver and the big headed, and there's several others that are out there. But the big problem, the biggest ones, are the silver carp and the big headed carp. And the silver carp is the one that that doesn't like the vibration of boats that are that are going to take a ride with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, people have gotten killed from that, haven't they? Like the fish. They've gotten injured. 
Yeah, I don't know if any if anybody's died or not. I'm not sure on that, but they have gotten injured. I mean, if you're going 60 miles an hour down down the river and those things start jumping, I mean, some of them are 40 and 50 pounds. So, I mean, they're pretty they're dangerous, and you can go out and see some pretty interesting YouTube video of these things leaping against dams where they're working on them, and they're they're a sight to see. Yeah, I haven't actually seen it in person myself, but I've seen those videos, and that's just crazy to me. Um, Something that you kind of touched on, I was going to ask, and you kind of touched on it, how how these Asian carp affect, you know, our other fish, you know, bass and, you know, other breeds too. But you said they pretty much eat up all all the food that, yeah, but the chance of not trying to sound too much like a biologist, but there, yeah, it's a biomass thing. It's there's a whole lot of them, and they're they're filter feeders, and so all that that phytoplankton or zooplankton that's important to all fish as they get started, they eat that stuff up, and so they can affect the growth of bass or crappie. And I'm not again, I'm not saying that they have, but they can, and that's the big worry in Tennessee. That they'll that they'll affect the fisheries, and there are some fishermen on Kentucky Lake that will tell you they already have. I don't go over there enough. I don't fish it over there enough to know, but uh, it, it definitely is a real threat because they're, they're so uh, they're so reproductive. They just they're like you know the common carp and how much it reproduces and and how many are on our lakes. But those things they kind of go on the bottom and. And stay around there and, and don't get into our, our up into the lot the, the higher body of water where all that zooplankton and phytoplankton is. But these guys do. They they skim across the top or just below the surface and and they just eat that stuff all over the place. And that's the big fear. Now, um, something something I've heard is some of the best way to stop the spreading of these fish is. Anytime you go from one body of water to another is wash your boat, wash your kayak, make sure you, you know, get it cleaned off good because you can have, um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing like eggs or, or something of the sort stuck to your oh, yeah. boat, which can transfer. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. And, and that's been, they just, you've been touting that for, a, even back in the days, I don't know, Ryan, you're a pretty young guy, but zebra mussels. Um, were a big fear, and they're still in Tennessee. And, and so the agencies agencies across this country were talking about that decades ago. Uh, wash your boat to keep those things from being transferred from one body of water to another. And the same with, with uh, Asian carp or anything. If you're going to go into a body of water, we all should, we all should do that. Uh, clean our boats up. And it, you know, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of extra work to have to do, but to think about what could happen if you don't, uh, is you know it's, it's it could affect you and your love for the sport or the pursuit of, of the fishing that you do, but it's really something we all should do. Now, to your knowledge, is, that, is there a uh, specific way you should wash it? And you know, just don dish soap, or is there a special soap to buy for that? Or oh, I'd be speaking out of turn if I said that. I don't know if there's a special soap for it. I, you know, I would. If you just wash it with water and wash it down real good, that's going to help. Okay. Uh, just wash out, wash, you know, wash all the stuff through your through your boat and onto the land and not onto the water. 
And I think if you just use good old water, it's going to help you uh, get it out. I'm sure there's a lot of methods listed out there on websites that will tell you if you want to use a detergent, not not a detergent, but something really soft that won't hurt anything because even when you do it on the land, it often washes back into the water. Uh, so, But just good water. Just soak it down real good and clean it out with that and use a towel, and I think you'll take care of what you need. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you say there's a little extra work. This podcast, you know, my segment, I center around bass fishing for the most part. Uh, but there's other segments to this podcast that um, – and the rest of the podcast is pretty centered just around kayak fishing. So most of the listeners of this are fishing in kayaks. So in kayak, it, it's – I feel like it's a lot simpler just to wash it down. It shouldn't be that big a deal to, to wash down your kayak. You know, it's a lot smaller smaller than a big bass boat uh, you you ain't got all the internal pipes and stuff so you hear here everybody wash <laughs> going from one going from one body of water to another wash that thing down wipe it down good make, make sure you don't transfer these species into another waterway and whatnot and you've already done all that paddling what's a little washing after all that's over yeah <laughs> That's a lot of work. We saw some paddlers out today, some kayakers out today on Percy Priest. and uh, That's a lot of work out there, but what a great way to fish. But, yeah, I agree with all that completely, Ryan. It's, it, it's your future. It's, you know, hopefully we've got great fishing in Tennessee for a long time, but you got to help. And I, I hate that it has to be that way these days, but that's just the way it is anymore. We're always transferring uh, species here and there, and sometimes – they like their new homes really too well, and uh, which is can be devastating to us as sportsmen and to our, and of course to our wildlife and our fish. So anything you can do to help is is always appreciated. Well, you know, I I definitely like to get more involved in in this kind of stuff and to do my part in that. Um, any anybody out there that in the Tennessee area wants to get involved. You know, I encourage you to get involved. Even if you're not in Tennessee, other states, I'm sure a lot more states have same or similar issues. You know, get get involved with your wildlife agencies and and you know try to help them out with this kind of stuff because I, I feel like it's really important, especially if you're using these lakes and rivers and whatnot. You know, I feel, I feel like everybody should do their part in that. That's and, it. You're right. I, I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I've seen people get mad at people at agencies. Uh, these biologists that are working there, men and women, they don't want this stuff, and they work hard for it. And I, I think I'm seeing more and more support. Uh, folks like you will help with that. But the worst thing to do is get mad at them. They, they're not wanting this stuff to happen uh, in their lakes or in their rivers. They want, they're proud of what they do. So support is the best thing. Uh, and even talking to your politicians, about helping out, and they had to, they need to understand the importance of the sportsmen and what they need and what they want and why it's important to our, our fish and wildlife in Tennessee and everywhere. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, but yeah, I, I love what TWRA does for the state of Tennessee, and um, you, you know, you just don't. I don't think a lot of people around here realize how good. We do have it with uh, with our um, fisheries and whatnot. 
because some of the guys that host other segments on this podcast, you know, they're from, you know, we got some guys from Ohio. And, like, they came to Tennessee recently and fished, and they talked about how amazing it is down here, how <clears throat> the sizes yeah. of the fish are so much better and, and all that. So it, it really made me feel more thankful about, um, about where I live and, and the areas I get to fish because they're, they're not used to having what I have down here. So it, it made me more thankful there. We, we, we do have it made. We got a bunch of lakes in this state and incredible amounts of streams to fish for the kayakers and uh, river, river miles and stream miles. And I'm just telling you just the, the, the fish that are in even these little tiny bodies of water are amazing in this state, and uh, but it's it's going to take a lot of vigilance for a long time to come. And and as our numbers, I don't know if the fishing numbers will ever shrink. I hope not. But if they do, then the ones that are left there to do it are really going to have to be squeaky about what goes on and and that they're taken good care of. And you know, it's going to take shows like yours and and people willing to to listen to what you offer to take care of that the, the agency needs support and all agencies across the country do not not fights not battles they need to, they need help from sportsmen and and you know I, I love bass fishing you know i don't feel like well I'm, I'm still not very good at it i've gotten lucky time or two like i did this weekend but i still love it regardless and you know that's something that i'd like to pass down to my kids is my love for bass fishing and yeah. just fishing in general and so that is something I that think you're better I than you think you are. <laughs> well, I, I I appreciate it, but yeah, Th- this year I've grown a lot. You know, I, I think this doing this podcast has helped me out a lot. Um, yeah. This, you know, I've been I've only been bass fishing for about six years now. I grew up catfish and crappie fishing with live bait. This is my our. Yeah, so six years ago I started bass fishing using artificial lures, and I've I've had a I've had a hard time with uh, catching on to it. And this year, I've I've caught more fish than I've caught in the past five years combined. I've got a new personal best, so I'm I'm feeling really good about it. I'm I'm excited where I'll be this time next year. So that's fun. That is so much fun. Yeah. I, I, and, I and trying out all the new lures, and not, you got a lot of good, uh, you got a lot of stuff to look forward to, Ryan. But don't forget those crappie and those catfish; <laughs> they're a lot of fun still too. Hey, they're good eating too. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. You uh, you might want to give them Ryan a little bit more. Just where all states have good websites now on Facebook. Uh, TWA has a an excellent Facebook, and uh, you know it's just Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. And then of course their website is tnwildlife.org, and it connects to the Facebook. They have Instagram, and they're doing all that fancy social media stuff now over at the agency. And it's a good way to learn more about it. They have podcasts called Tennessee's Wild Side, and they put on a lot of their biologists there. And they talk about the Asian carp issues and the chronic wasting disease issues and then the good stuff, too, not not just things that they have to worry about constantly. But all that information is available out there 
uh, for the sportsman to look at and uh, can learn a lot of information in just a few minutes of time, really. Uh, but it's all there if you want to if you want to educate yourself on what's going on in your state. Um, the, the, these websites and these Facebooks provide that information. I was I was not aware that there was a podcast for that. What, what did you say it was called again? T- Tennessee it's, Wildcast. It's called Tennessee Wildcast. Tennessee Wildcast. Okay. It's an agency okay. podcast, and they air it. Uh, they put it out. Stays on their website, but they they'll put it out a lot of times on the Facebook. Sometimes go live with it. Going live with it a lot now. In fact. And uh, you never know. I think there was a show recently where they talked about chronic wasting disease, but there's shows where this Asian carp issue has been discussed at length, and they archive all their shows. So you can go out there on the website and find all the previous shows. I think, gosh, there are 150 shows or so now. And that's one that actually started while I was still there. The first couple of years I took over a, a position there, and, and a guy named Jason Harmon, is hosting it now, and he just does a terrific job with it. And he goes all over the state. He's not just in Middle Tennessee. He'll go to East, West, Middle. He'll go everywhere, and and have on biologists and wildlife officers and talking about issues. And he goes outside the agency too and talks to folks that are expert in certain fields concerning fish and wildlife in Tennessee. I'm gonna have to look more into that. I, I never uh, knew that. I actually follow the TWRA Facebook page, and you know I keep up with. Some of the stuff they post, they post a lot of stories of, you know, uh, different animals they found and and just some some pretty cool stuff that they post. They do. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to watch any Barry Cross videos, watch them. Barry is uh, he's a sportsman and a half, but he's a great videographer. Uh, Barry Cross, and uh, if you get a chance to watch him, you should watch whatever Barry does. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to check him out. And he'd be a good he'd be a good guest for you sometimes too, Ryan. He'd be a good to talk about what's going on with a lot of the stuff. He's he uh, he's the guy that replaced me when I was in Middle Tennessee as a when I was a spokesman out of Middle Tennessee. And he's but he's just a talented guy with a camera and he's a great storyteller. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get with you after we're done with this interview. I I, I bet you could give me several good names of just be glad to. good yeah. fishermen and whatnot around Middle Tennessee. Uh, I, I would like to, uh, you know, a, a lot of this podcast, you know, it started out in Illinois, and then they started adding segments, and and you know, mo- most of the other uh, most of the other hosts are from like Illinois and Ohio. I'm the only one from Tennessee, so you know, I, I want to kind of get uh, the, you know, a Tennessee and more southern areas in more involved with this podcast and grow it, grow it some more, so. So you yeah, can do that with your networking and, and, and people that you meet at the agency. and There's just a zillion stories out there that will make your podcast even better. I appreciate you doing this podcast. We need to keep the outdoors alive as much as possible, and I'm glad that you're doing your representing Tennessee. Well, I, I appreciate it. I, this is something that I, I enjoy doing. You know, I, I get a little nervous before every phone call. <laughs> <laughs> But but once we get going, you know, I get a little more comfortable. But I enjoy doing it. I feel like it's helped me out a lot as an angler. You know, I've learned a lot of stuff, and you know, this is this has been really cool talking to you and learning about a lot of this stuff that people don't really, you know, talk about as much, don't really see as much. Uh, you're you're welcome to contact me by Facebook or call me or whatever that you need to do. 
keep spreading the word out there. I'm I'm retired, but I still love our outdoors, and I'm retired in part to take a to participate in it a little bit more. I just hope it's better than it was today. Well, I appreciate everything that you've done to to uh, that uh, like get Tennessee where it's at with all its wildlife stuff. You you've done a lot on I, I guess it's the promotional side, you know, talking with anglers and and hunters and you know a, a lot of the media stuff. You, you've had that covered, and a lot of people, like I said earlier, a lot of people respect you. A lot of people. Um, you know, look up to you as far as that as far as that stuff goes. So, I, yeah, I really, I just really appreciate everything you've done for uh, for this state. Well, thank you, Ryan. It was a real pleasure in my life to be able to do it, and I, I, I thank you for saying that. And uh, you sound like a good person to kind of take it and and uh, keep on doing it. I just can't urge you enough to keep on doing it and have fun with it. Just make sure you keep having fun with it and. And I hope you have a long career of talking to the sportsmen about what we've got and how lucky we are. Well, I I, I plan on it. You know, maybe more on the kayak side, but I'm, I'm gonna try to work some more boaters and whatnot. And 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 I, I would like to get more TWRA people in here to uh, talk more about the behind the scenes stuff that people, other regular anglers don't really get to see as much. Oh, I think it's imperative. I, th- I think you need to know what your the folks that are working on the things that you love. You need to know what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they do it and and uh, what the, what their worries are and 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 what they're happy about. And you'd be surprised and you'd be surprised at some of the things that's going on. And and uh, sometimes when you think things are really poor, they're not near as poor as you think they are. And I got to see that a lot in years where I heard about how terrible Old Hickory was or Percy Priest was, and you go out with these guys and watch them do electrofishing, and all these fish just come bowling up, and it makes you feel bad about yourself because <laughs> the, the fish are there. You just ain't catching them. <laughs> you just, you just ain't, ain't wiggling your worm right, you know. <laughs> it just happens, yeah. Yeah, they were there today. Just Doug wasn't good enough to catch them, but they were there. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I've learned this year is, um, you know, a lot of people say, like, well, they just, they just ain't biting today. You know, I, I'm kind of – getting to the point where I kind of feel like, you know, it's not necessarily they ain't biting. It's like you're just not throwing what they want to bite or presenting it in the right way. You're like, – I, that yeah, perfect. Yeah, I agree. All right. So call got dropped. Here we are back. <laughs> We're uh, about to wrap it up anyways here. Um, so, uh, Doug, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You know, I'd love to have you back on sometime. You know, talk about some more stuff if if you're ever a- able to. Sure. Um. Now, this part of the show, I usually, you know, I ask my guests if they have any sponsors or anybody they want to shout out, or there's social media where people can find them and and follow them. Uh, you want to. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that, Ryan. My my sponsor days are done. <laughs> Those <laughs> days are behind me. But but uh, if you want to come on my Facebook, and I'll get a little more active on it now that the fall fishing's coming on, but it's just Doug Markham, um, M-A-R-K-H-A-M, M-A-R-K-H-A-M. And, and I think I'm, there's several Doug Markhams out there. One of them, one of them referees 
um, wrestling, but that's not me. <laughs> so I, I'll be the one that's doing the fishing stuff. It's just Doug Markham and uh, out of Tennessee, out of Nashville. And, and again, I appreciate the time and you doing the interview and you talking about the outdoors and good interview. Thank you for, for uh, including me. Uh, like I said, it, it was an honor. You know, you're basically a local celebrity around here. Uh, but, but yeah, I re- really appreciate you coming on. Uh, just to go over some of the show sponsors real quick. We got Rocktown Paddle Sports, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers. Um, got Jigmaster Jigs. Uh, make sure to use promo code PNF20 get 20% off your order. Uh, Hammered Lures. Don't forget about their uh, used plastics recycling program. All your beat-up used soft plastics, put them in a bag, save them up. When you get a bunch, save them, send them to the address in the show notes. He's going to melt them down, make new plastics out of them, and he's going to donate them to Heroes on the Water. Uh, check out the, uh, the website, paddleandfin at com. If you need to email the show, paddleandfin at gmail.com. Um, please, if you enjoy the podcast, rate and review. It's going to get us out in front of uh, more people. You know, hopefully, more people find the show, get more listeners. Uh, other than that. What's up, boys and girls? Just wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about the Paddle and Fin gear. If you haven't seen it yet, go to Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Go click that store tab at the top. Check out the store. We got tons of t-shirt designs, long sleeves, hoodies, phone cases, you name it, it's on there. Give it a gander. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.